0: And welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Team Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Warrior Will.
1: Hope everyone has been had a good St. Patrick's Day, and yeah, hope you are all checking responsibly. I mean, of course, this is a PG thirteen podcast, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that yeah, St. Patrick is gone, and overall, it has been quite a bit of a late week of anything else happening in the ThunderWise, except for the whole uh, Booster Pass thing, right? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I, I I don't know what you guys have been drinking, but I've been drinking something mighty green and tasty. It's called Mountain Dew. <laughs>
2: I also is, it, didn't... is that green? That's definitely, yeah. like, yellowish.
0: It's like, it's like a yellow green. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, And there's green on the can. There's definitely green on the can. It's definitely oh. green on the can. <laughs> also, I didn't wear green on St. Patrick's Day. Why? Because I didn't go out. So, you know, no one to pinch me. So I was safe from your harmful traditions how dare you so uh of course also here as you heard was tellius tyler
2: yes i'm mortified uh today i went out to dinner i had no clothes left i had put a bunch in the laundry and all i had left was green shorts and a green red socks t-shirt a lot of irish people in boston i was decked out in green and i just hate the show holiday spirit because that's just that's just the worst. Well, I'm
0: just—I—I I think though you might be surprised because some people are going to look at you and realize that what they're not wearing, and they'd be, you know, green with envy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, it uh, might also hear that we don't have our special uh, guest host, Skull Kid Scott, because we left the green horn at home. <laughs> look, I'm not saying he's a bad co-host. I'm just saying he's a little green. all right
1: you got a problem here
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong well you don't like my ant (laughs) ticks? worth it (laughs) all right we got a we got a fun show for you today including a little bit of Irish spirit at the end but first we're not going to do what have you been playing because we've been playing the same game since last week just in much greater supply we're Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. of course about triangle strategy and uh at this time of our recording, ladies and gentlemen, I have completed a path, Tyler has completed a path, and Will is close to completing a path. So we're going to be going deep into spoilers here. We're going to be talking about key choices, uh, two of the path endings, not the golden route. We, have, we are not going to spoil that because that's the path Will is on right now. Um, but we're going to be talking about the characters, things like things you didn't like and then for my my personal in-depth thoughts uh at the time of this uh, you're hearing this on friday it'll be up on the outer haven my review at noon and i'm giving it a four out of five yes but why and why didn't it get my coveted 4.5 out of five award well you're gonna find out i guarantee it so uh gentlemen oh what a week does to our <laughs> mindsets on this title uh I was, of course, the one who was behind last week because I had just not gotten the chance to play it that much. I was only on mission six, I think, chapter six. Uh-huh. And and now I, I did, I think, 18, 19 chapters plus all the mock battles and all that. So uh, yeah, let's, let's from last week to now, how has our views of Triangle Strategy changed? Tyler, I'm going to start with you because I know you and I have very strong feelings on this.
2: Yeah, my views have kind of, just grown more intense uh, as compared to where I was last week. Last week I really enjoyed the gameplay. I thought, you know, it was a solid tactical game with some fr- frustrating design elements. There's some uh, minor irritations that I had that kind of built up over the course of the week, like one of those being how long it takes for the enemy unit to move. Like when it's the enemy's turn, the camera just sits on them. For uh-huh. like three seconds before <laughs> they <laughs> actually initiate their turn, and that just an extra week of playing, an extra twenty hours of playing, it irritated me so much. Such a small thing, but just little things like that kind of built up. And the story, it's it's layers of of complexity and really like good writing, and then it's it's elements of nonsensical kind of tropey, random, like just non sequitur stuff. <laughs> yeah. It just that all gets more so the further you get into the game. I still liked it. Uh, I'm like slightly lower than Todd. I would give it with a three point five, but it's 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 a very good game. It's it's certainly a team Asano game in more <laughs> ways than one.
0: Yeah, uh, that, uh, for those of you who aren't in our Discord, Tyler actually gave it a different score in the Discord. He said I give it a three point. Seven five. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, that
2: would be my at the Outer Haven. We we <laughs> do by point five, so that's why. I, but I, I'm very torn between three and a half and four.
0: Yeah, which still means you like the game. It's yeah. just it didn't what wow you in the ways that you wanted, or it held. It's tripped over its own feet in certain it, other it, ways. It,
2: that's that's what it is because it did wow me so yeah. often. Like there were times where I loved the game so so much, yeah. and it was like wow, this is one of my favorite games on Switch. But then there were other times where I was like, ugh that's a, a just a an easy stumble to avoid, and yet this game walked headfirst into it. It's, yeah. it's filled with little frustrating things
0: like that. And we'll, and we'll talk about some of that in a bit. How, Will, how about you? I know you're not done, but how have say, your feelings on the game evolved?
1: I mean, the story itself, I can definitely see why Tyler would feel that way. I mean, granted, it is a little bit on the trope side of things. I mean, again, JRPG stems to not that, and... Personally, for me, I've like I know I have a bad habit, but again, I have more or less been grinding out my characters and just getting all that cash to buy all that materials and upgrading my characters. And even though I'm playing on normal as well, like and grinding out my characters to the point of being or be one or two levels above the recommended level, I still get my ass get my get get my butt kicked because of like yeah, I'd be the the main uh, bo- boss leaders just being. S- gives so much heavy damage, including those uh, heavy tankers that counter attack you. So I'm surprised, even like how difficult it is. But in regards to my experience, like one, I really didn't mind the grind too much because one, as like we discussed it pr- uh, pre- beforehand, is that one, it helps me with the choices, the persuasion in these uh, conviction, uh, skills conviction sections. And the combat wise, again, combat wise, is, is very solid. Gain new moves, get definitely new um, options and strategy to to explore upon. It's definitely um, I I did. I pretty much more or less feel the same way. Like the only thing I just wonder is like, what are the different maps? Like from you guys, you chose different paths. I'm still on the golden path of like what what would be so different if I chose something else completely different. So like, but the the way you said it, as we're gonna talk soon, is just like okay, maybe it's best I just only play it one time around and that's it. I don't know. So, yeah. So, overall, my experience is pretty much the same for the most part.
0: Yeah, for me it's, um, and I know this in my review, there's very much a Game of Thrones thing going on here in which, you know, there's so many characters, they tie into one another and there's just this, this, this grand warfare, this push and pull, you know, this character's gonna pull out in the end, oh, but no, this one's gonna do this and this one's gonna do that. You got the kingdoms fighting. It's a very compl- It's very complex, it's very layered as Tyler said, and at times it's very beautiful. I loved how, and this is something that Tyler noted last week, he didn't like some of the simplicities of some of the characters and I agreed with him on, to a certain extent and then as I played through the game if you play with certain characters you actually get like a back half to the character stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of my favorite characters was Izana the shaman uh, who was banned by Hyazant because her witchcraft as they called it was defiling the goddess's order and so she and her lover were meant to run away but she got away and he didn't so she thought he was gone and of course she blames hyzant for everything and then uh she tells us to huet who later on finds her lover and they reunite and it's a be- very beautiful moment and then there are other ones who have like these little uh I always want to say Elden Ring-like kind of things where it's like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. We don't, we have a history And that I actually had them two meet and they go, and they had a fun little conversation. Uh,
1: okay, okay, there's
0: okay. Just little inklings of like just how woven this all is into one another and it's really great. But then as Tyler said, at times it can really trip over its uh, uh, own feet and get in the way. Um, and by the end of my path, I was definitely in a, I don't want to say state of mourning, but I, it wasn't what I was hoping for. You, were, term... you were bummed. I, I, mean, was I bummed. mean, I
2: heard your voice in your messages. I, you I were, was You were bummed. understandably.
0: Yeah. yeah, I I had, um, well, we'll get into the breakdown of the past <laughs> it in a bit, but I chose an ending based on two characters who I really wanted to be happy in the end. And I knew that, and I liked their argument about why we should go on this one path. So I did it. I lost one of my people in the process. Uh, which was fine. I actually like that that kind of weight was carried. and then I got to the ending and it was just like, um, that's not the ending I was really hoping for and then and then as we all find out, the quote-unquote golden root, the quote-unquote true ending is the only happy ending you get, which is odd. <laughs> <laughs> and left me, I me feeling hollow. Tyler liked his ending, but only because of kind of like how cynical it all was. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. I will like happiness is it's it's. I would, so- I would use a different word because Roland's ending is like most people are happy, but there are some people who are really, really not. And to me, that's the most upsetting ending of all. Yeah. But I could see like the way they frame it: most characters are really happy. Your ending. I think is the most like downer ending of uh, all. Of them. Uh, I
1: More mean, like it, a bittersweet of anything it, else. I,
0: I go, I go bittersweet because there is a happiness to be had in terms of like your immediate people, but right. there was the there was the cost. And then with your ending, yours was, oh yeah, this character ascended, but it came at the cost of a relationship, and then your best friend betrayed you. Kinda, and yeah, like there's My still oppression is going most, on. The most Game
2: of Thronesian, of yeah. Like <laughs> you could definitely like it. It's, it ends on a cliffhanger. The the the, the anyway, we'll, there, we'll get we'll to get the, to it. We'll but go yet, into it in detail because there's we, yeah. we have to talk about yeah. each. Uh, you know the the yeah. scales of conviction and those choices. Yeah. But and I then, do want to really quick Todd go ahead. hit on a point that you had made about last week when I said the characters were shallow. You we talked about those character stories. I completely agree with you. That is one thing that's changed. I got a bunch of those character stories. I learned more about Huet, I learned more about Eridor and Anna. And it that helped layer the characters for sure. <laughs> Definitely deepen <laughs> my bond with them. I will say I wish that that there was some combat tie-in to that. Like Fire Emblem's support system is a perfect ah, example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the further the more you get to know your characters and the more they bond together. The better they are in combat. And I I missed that a little bit because even though it was cool to learn about the characters, it this game, it I didn't want to read a novel. You know, I'm not trying to read a song of Ice and Fire. I'm playing a video game. And that gameplay to me should always be tied into what you're doing with the narrative. And and in that case, a lot of those character stories felt just like a little too long and not quite interesting enough for me to be like, man, I'm glad I spent the time to watch that.
0: So my my counter to that would be A, they're optional. So you don't technically have to to watch. And obviously in your in your game plus run through should you do it. Um you don't have what the heck. You don't have to watch it, but also, you know, they're bite-sized. So it's like what a minute, two minutes versus like think about Fire Emblem. Like sometimes those support conversations go on forever, and then there's the cutscenes before and after the battles. Especially like look at like F- Path of Radiance or Awakening or everything. Like those, I feel, were worse than what these were, especially since this was meant to flesh out things. So... Yeah, I,
2: I agree that especially in old school Fire Emblem, I think I don't think Awakening was quite so bad. I don't I don't mind cutscenes at all. Like you have to tell a story in a JRPG, that's great, and I do. I am glad that they're there. I'd rather them be there than not. But I still I still wish that... Like in Fire Emblem you see that support conversation and it's awesome to learn about the characters, but it's also great to know that that S rank that you just got between Corin and Hana is going to lead to them having a child who you can go recruit on a playable map. You like, know, you're not speaking from experience,
0: that, Tyler? Sorry? Speaking from experience? <laughs> like yeah, that I was oddly that specific, Tyler! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just the way that that gameplay links to the the narrative is mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, rewarding. Mm-hmm. And this, it's they're separate entities,
1: right? 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 I, I agree with that part. Like, I think that that, that that's one part they could definitely improve upon. Like the side characters themselves, like yeah, they add a bit more to the world, but in the end, they don't. You don't actually like see them in like the, the main battles. Like they are not exactly fully integrated with like the main story. i mean, sure they add a little bit, but not as like an integral cast of the like integral into the main cast, like not like like with Gila or Federico or the, like the main people. Like, sir, you should get some combos. Like, I I think there's like some battles. Like uh, when I had um one of the prior ma- uh, maps, I think was um I think was defending against Roselle. Like, yeah, I have, like Gila and I think Groma one of the frosty general former frosty generals. But yeah, I think there's like some combos here and there. But yeah, they're not like as integrated into the main story as I would like it like it to be. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, overall, I did enjoy the game, um, my, my ending aside. But there were there were like little things, like the gameplay. I didn't like how I was almost I was always always hard capped at 10 units, even though the mock battles had me do 12 at times. Because then it's like, okay, so which ones do I throw in? Oh no, this map doesn't like this unit, so I got to throw this one in, and it was it was hard at times. And then Tyler noted this, like the UI and some of the like little or details like i i swear i should have killed like a, a bunch more units than i should have and they said oh you're gonna kill this guy and then they got like six health left and I'm like that's not what you told me like how how did i go from zero to six yeah yeah so uh yeah but i i, I did enjoy the game again i gave it a four out of five and i do stick by that but uh as we're, as we're about to dive into there were key things that held it back from because if you remember my octopath review i gave that a 4.5 and i still stand by that but uh, and while I did enjoy Triangle strategy I definitely enjoyed octopath more so all right Taylor since you led the last one where would you like to go first with this one
2: uh, well I guess we can start with our our paths and where they diverged uh, because the scales of conviction really are the hook of this game mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they do add the replayability in a lot of ways it's also cool that as we've discovered, the scales aren't the only way to have your paths diverge. You can, Correct. for example, like come on. If you do an exploration phase and you don't find certain things that you need to find, that will put you on a different path. That can put you in a different battle. Um, but I, I think that that's kind of the most one of the more the more interesting parts of the game. We all decided to protect Roland, right? None of us decided, right, right? Right? Right?
0: Yeah. End. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm.
2: that's tough because I think that that's a major a major path split but let's start with the hyzant illicit salt trade
0: yeah
1: okay okay Okay. okay. will went
2: one way and todd and i went another on that basically this is about halfway through the game and hyzant it's this corrupt kingdom uh it's got a religious like it run by a religious body called the saintly seven and their their goddess's teachings quote unquote her teachings basically are everyone is equal except for the Roselle and non-believers, and and those people should be treated right, right, as right. slaves. So you and, if get... you and
0: if you don't believe in the goddess, you will be banished, or rather, the heretics, or yeah, yes. branded a heretic, basically. Yeah.
2: So there, it's a very corrupt state. It's very sketchy. You get a note from one of the saintly seven, who I think is the minister of salt, which is the the rare resource everybody's fighting for in this world, and he asks you in exchange for aid to restore your kingdom after war with Esfrost. He asked you to transport this illicit salt to S. Frost, or uh, you can choose not to do that and go report him to his his people. I wanted to go and transport the salt because I, fe- I felt like we needed an ally badly. But my party disagreed and I did not have the convictions to sway them. Yeah. So my path had me going to try to expose his, his wrongdoings. Yeah. Will, what happens if you do choose to export the salt?
1: Well, uh, if you choose to export, solid, like my 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 understanding is basically like one. Unfortunately, we are down being, and unfortunately, we don't have much choices in the matter. So yes, we need that financing to support our people. So yes, I decided to go transport sort because one I one I did grind it, and plus I just confessed everyone, like yeah, we take this path because transport. So we went up the mountain path. We actually faced up against the D's once more, and um in another map, uh, and then we actually go to as frosty and. We actually meet um, Dragon's uncle, which then leads a much more into the story later on down the line. So I, I'm not—I don't want to spoil too much on that part, but yeah, you actually do meet uh, Dragon's uncle and explain a bit more of the situation. So it gets—it gets definitely uh, ties things a bit more interesting, aside from like going to Heisen itself and confess about to um, report about Sorsley.
0: Yeah, I um, I was originally gonna just go expose him because I knew this. I felt that this was not going to end the way that I wanted. Not to mention, the guy was totally a jerk. You know, he was a snake. He would betray you <laughs> for opportunity. Plenty of those characters in the game. But then I looked it up and I realized, oh, I ha- if to get the golden root, you have to go and deliver the salt. I'm like, fine. So I tried to convince everyone and I needed one person, one, to tip the scales in my favor. I could not convince everyone. Four different people because apparently talking to them would be like trying to convince a stone wall <laughs> not cool <laughs> all right so yeah i had to go and uh uh try and expose him which was not easy and this was actually where another divergence in our paths happened because as you uh get a little evidence you find out that the uh the the minister has a secret salt ledger and this ledger reveals like all the salt that was taken or distributed and of course the numbers would be different because one's real one's fake so you've got to find leisure but whether you find it or not is dependent on your exploration and certain dialogue options. And if you recall Will's note from last week, the game at times gives you false clues about where you might want to try and steer the conversation. So I saved the game before the conversation and I chose, ironically, the false clue and that led to me not having enough evidence. But I'm like, wait a minute, I know I have the evidence. So I went back, I redid it and I chose the right combination and so I got to go into the minister's secret abode near the source of the salt. Say that five times fast. And I got to do a, a special mission while you guys had to go face him in an arena, if I remember well,
1: correctly. Well, Tyler did. For me, I transported a sword, and like, once I did the transport, um, one, one of the, uh, the the council actually pressed uh, one of Lee's uh, employees and actually found, got the letter by, by themselves.
0: Ooh. So there you go. And then Tyler, you faced him in an arena.
2: Yes. So this this is a frustrating part of the game to me because those false clues are very irritating. And the way your characters react makes you kind of unsure if you did something wrong. Todd's antenna went up and mine went enough to where you acted. Mine went up when Serenoa was like, where do I where can I go to find this guy's secret ledger? And I knew the answer was his estate. I clicked that. But one of the earlier clues, I clicked the wrong thing because it was some red herring clue, which it just, it didn't make any sense the way that they phrased it was confusing. So I ended up having to, uh, I got arrested and I had to go prove him guilty in, in court, basically. And if you don't find any evidence at all, if you just skip the exploration phase, you'll lose in court and still have to fight him in the arena. I had enough evidence to win in court and I got an item for it. Um, but it changed my battle to this like trial by combat in order to quote unquote cleanse our sins in the eyes of the goddess like this so, is how screwed up Isan is, it so, is like, so, this... so they
0: de- they demanded trial by combat
2: yes and my party was like, wait what like didn't they say that we were innocent and he was guilty like we're just now we we just have to fight anyway. like what is the point here? It made almost no sense. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> the battle was pretty cool. You're on this tiny like six by eight square. And there's spikes beneath you, so you have to try to knock the other team off without getting knocked off yourself. Uh, and it, it it was it was a fun battle. Frederica really shined in that in that small space. Um, but it was a frustrating thing for me narratively. I was glad to hear that you were able to raid the Nance. but when I tell you that every single clue that I picked like led towards doing that, it it was bizarre that the path yeah. I chose didn't.
0: Yeah, you, me, ha- you I- had to pick. Like, what was his crime? It was the illegal salt trade. Then uh, then there was, like, one more choice, and then the other one is, like, what do we have to do to get it? Oh, th- th- that was, it was like, well, how can we expose him? we got to find a secret ledger. Where is it? It's in his abode. If you picked like, those three, that's how you get right, it. Right, that would get whatever. you there.
2: But I learned while exploring, right, the exploration phase is all about finding new knowledge. Yeah. I learned that he had also done some corrupt, under-the-table dealings. And so when they asked the question, I was like, "Oh, they want to know the new information." Yeah. Everybody knows that yeah. this crime was illicit salt. We've been spending three chapters on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Don't worry, I did that the first weird. time, and that's why I reloaded because I'm like, "Wait a minute, why isn't this working?" So yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah, like that was that was another key branch. The other another good one was the uh, the taking back of Glenbrook. Okay, had, okay. Yeah, yeah. We had three different missions that we could do. We had Benedict's plan where you would blow up a dam and uh, flood Glenbrook and basically have no opposition. Then you had Roland's plan, which was kill the commanders and basically cripple their army. Or you had a uh, Frederica's plan, which was you blow up the bridge connecting Glenbrook to the rest of the town or say the, the white home castle to the rest of the town and basically trap the army on the inside and force them into negotiations. Uh, I chose the uh, Path of Frederica, uh, a, a recurring theme in my run, and I've had this very cathartic bridge battle against her evil siblings, and I enjoyed watching them die. Ha ha, ha ha, ha And then right after that, like without even a break, I, I got to do a ship battle. Uh, General of Laura took Cordelia because she didn't realize the truth about certain situations, and they were trying to flee back to Esfrost. And so we found a ship and we had to board them. But the only way to board them was via this zip line that only one person could use at a time. So I had to weed out some of their forces then go onto the ship and then deal with them and of Laura at the same time. It was a very tense battle. I definitely needed like two tries to get that one done. Uh, but then you guys are... Tyler did Roland's plan. So tell me about that one.
2: Yeah, so this was actually one of my favorite decisions of the game mm-hmm, because... Mm-hmm it was like the, the branching narratives were cool. This one, the narrative is very similar no matter which one you pick, but the yeah, battle yeah, yeah. strategy is completely different. So uh, Todd's Siege, the, the the trade-off is you're fighting more enemies, but they're not as strong. In Roland's Path, you're fighting less enemies. You're fighting them on the, the boat. You're yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, on yeah. the dock, but they're stronger enemies uh, that you're trying to take out. You're taking out the commander. So you fight... Erica Thallus, and uh, Avlora, and they're like quote unquote elite soldiers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a difficult battle, one of the hardest in the game, I would say. Um, but it did make finally solving it. I think I definitely failed at least twice on it, where I had to retreat, or, or usually I would reload because I don't want to be overleveled. But the <sighs> the it, it tested my my everything I knew about the game, and that's what I love. It was a climactic battle. And
1: it really delivered on that promise. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, with you as well, Tyler. I also took the rolling strategy, and when I when when uh, Erica just came out of nowhere at that reinforcement so quickly, it's like okay, I'm I'm bad news. Like, and those thunder spells that just instantly paralyzed me, even though I'm like one or two levels on top of them, is like wow, they they it really t- they are tough. And I was playing on normal. I can only imagine how it was when you were playing on hard. So yeah, like that strategy. Um, like, just trying not to be uh, pincered by Erika and Dallas. But th- thankfully, like, we're going to any of the strategies that you use. Uh, it j- it just works out. So, yeah, I-, I agree as well. That battle on the rolling route is definitely much more, more satisfying, if anything else. Yes, yes. And
0: one of the things I appreciate about this game is the not permadeath that we have to deal with. Because there were levels where, and including the bridge level that was uh, uh, I talked about in my run, where I was trying to do a certain strategy, but then I would start like, I I lost like three characters within a short amount of time. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, because Will told me, because they didn't explain this, but uh, Will told me that if you retreat in the gameplay, you can keep all your EXP and kudos, another great feature of the game, but you just lose all your items. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to play this again anyway. So I was like, okay, let's just grind as much as I can via this. And then all of a sudden, I start to turn the battle around. And by the time I got to the end, and I think, phallus was my final kill uh i only had huet frederica archibald anna who was my mvp throughout the game and i lost Sarah Noah and roland oh yeah gila and like so i had like five of my 10 characters left and through those five i was able to win the, win the match and frederica struck the last blow on a. Uh, dallas and i was just like Mm. oh cathartic
1: because she (laughs) she
0: was abused by those brats and i enjoyed watching them burn
1: i i I agree as well just like hearing them i felt like uh, okay uh, forgive forgive us for being a little bit morbid pleasures of that but like hearing erica's and dallas's screams of death it's just like yes yes take that how dare you 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 treat my patrol that way? That's what yeah. you get. That's what you get.
0: Exactly, and, and I, I also speak to this as someone who was bullied a lot as a kid, including for my hair. Uh so them just relentlessly ribbing her and her mother, and then her finally finding the courage to stand up to this essay, like I will not cow to you anymore.
1: You know, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, will mm-hmm.
0: fall. It was just, it was really those were my favorite scenes with Federica. So, but yeah, it was, I I do like how they did commit at the very least to not just the branching paths, but the different levels you can go to and the fights you can have depending on the choices that you make. Because Mm -hmm. that was a very important thing that they were saying, oh yeah, you're going to have all these choices, but would they matter? They did for the most part, but (laughs) (laughs) then you get to the end. (laughs) Right, right. Well, so
2: let's let's talk about what happens after you take back the castle, right? So okay. Roland takes back the castle and reveals that he's still alive. Everybody's all happy. Well, he, did mostly. Did he duel Avlora in your path?
0: Uh, in my path, uh, okay, so again, I took the castle, but Avlora took Cordelia, who she swore herself to. Oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, I forgot to mention this in my review. Avlora is basically Brienne of Tarth.
2: Yeah, Brienne of Tarth is always working for the good guys, though
0: that's true but she she has her shifting loyalties like remember she was with the with, with the king yes. the prince who she liked because he was nice to her and then she was like okay no i'm gonna be with Catherine. no i'm now gonna be with sansa oh but what about jv you know it's, it's that kind of thing but uh so she she's trying to get cordelia to s frost you take her on the boat uh you defeat her in battle and then i'm guessing since you guys didn't mention this this is unique to my path uh Rowland goes into a rage because of what Evlora has done. Cordelia tries to stop him uh, after she realizes that he's not the Dawnspear, uh, from stabbing Evlora, so she takes the hit. Roland, oh, wow. Roland is so different than yeah. straight up stabs his sister on accident. She lives, she lives. But uh, and then Evlora, kid you not, jumps into the river to get away
2: okay she so jumps into the river on on the roland's plan too in roland's plan you you blow up to the, the first time you fight you fight uh Dallas and erica you're fighting them on the boat you use right, right. the alfric weapon that Byzant gives you to blow up the boat and then without the boat you go fight avalora in the castle courtyard and it's like super epic a tremendous mm-hmm, battle mm-hmm. uh w- like roland is so like He's so inspiring in it. He's super motivated. He gives you this great pre-battle speech, and it's a tough, tough fight. Um, but after you defeat Avalora, Roland is, uh, plans to kill her, and then Cordelia comes out and says, spare her, she's been good to me, She swore an oath, whatever. Roland reveals his identity, and instead of killing her, then he decides he wants to duel her honorably, one-on-one. To to avenge Maxwell. So he takes her Mm -hmm. to the bridge where she defeated Maxwell. And Roland beats her, and then she dies into the, into the to, to the lake to. Oh, she,
0: so she officially dies in your run.
2: She does not die. Uh, she she does the same exact thing that Maxwell did. I think.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, because like because mine was very ambiguous. So I'm sure that in the golden route, right, she joins you she, for sure. More more than likely, likely,
1: likely, more than
0: likely. So so that that's another key difference. So I I am glad to hear that. But anyway, go uh go ahead after the mission. This is where right. things get much crazier yes.
2: so after the mission now roland is a pronounced king and this entire way this character has been like the most noble fighter for liberty like him and and frederica are both like but roland has always had the good of all people in mind whereas frederica is more focused on the Roselle for good reason for good reason. but roland becomes king and he's like wow this is really really hard like these nobles are so corrupt they're they're taking all like the aid that we're trying to give to rebuild the town. They're keeping it for themselves. Like I need to do something about this. Meanwhile, Lord Simone, your the main character's father, is like recovering from an illness, and and uh, Benedict tells you, hey, instead of staying here and fighting those nobles, come with me. We'll visit your your dad and tell him everything that's going on. And Frederica says, let's go protect the Rosellen village from these bandits. So. I wanted to see what Roland's story was like, because he was going through it, having a hard time as king, and he was falling into this darkness. He was very vengeful and and skeptical about the future of Glenbrook. Unfortunately, I could not sway people to my side when the scales of convictions were brought out. I ended up traveling with um, Frederica to fight the bandits, Uh, and Will hasn't gotten to this point, but Todd, you also fought. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I I want I okay. This one I struggled with. This was one of the few I did struggle with because I was like, I want to go help the the Roselle because I, I I I like them and I wanted to help Frederica's people as much as I could. But I also wanted to help Roland because I'm like, well, you know these I the, I know this type this this royalist this, these schemers we'd already seen with it with the patriot guy, Patriel, whatever his name was, and I'm like. We can't leave them to do this. So, so I actually looked it up. I'm like, what are the consequences of these routes? And it turns out there's no consequences. The only change is who you get as a new character. Right. If you go to uh, Roland's route, you get Cordelia, who is a healer. She's actually kind of like a Micaiah in terms of you heal, but yourself. sacrificed to oh, yourself. Okay, okay, okay. If you go to Lord Simone with Benedict, you actually get the dancer Milo, who was... Interesting to say the least, and then if you go into the village like me and uh, Tyler did, you either get Trish or uh, Travis. Travis, how was it, Trish or Travis, depending on some other factor previously in the game. So yeah, so after that, I was just like, well, you know, I like the Roselle, so let's just go and help them. <laughs> so I did, and I got Trish.
2: Yeah, I did. So Trish, I got her as well, and I really liked using her, but I do wish that I was able to get to Roland's path because the game totally turns his character and that whatever you see on his path must be tough because after mm-hmm. you defeat the bandits and you get Trish to join your army, uh, you head back to the, the capital city and Roland is basically like ready to just bail on being the king because everything is, is too corrupt. You find the salt in the, in the mines And then the characters all have to sit down and decide what to do with the salt. Now, up to this point, the characters have all been pretty clear on what they stand Mm -hmm. for. Frederica Mm -hmm. is almost always the morality stance. Roland is almost always the liberty stance. And Benedict is almost always the utility stance. Right, right, right. And for some reason, at this point in the game, the writers decided to flip Benedict and Roland. I guess because Roland becomes, king. it sort of makes sense if you squint at it, right? Roland has become king, and now he has this responsibility of taking care of his entire people. So I could see how he would shift more towards, like, the quote-unquote greater good versus doing what's truly right or doing what would, <laughs> you know, result in a free populace. He, I, I, I could see kind of how, but you never, you never really see that shift in his character until like chapter 16 it's just like boom he is a completely different guy now and there was no development to get there so he decides hey i want to sell these salt crystals that we've discovered that are the key to all power to hyzen this country that again he has seen firsthand is built on a religion that the people in charge know is a lie they know 100% that, that the goddess is fake, that they've made it up, that the Rizal that they're keeping as literal slaves, that you watch die slaving over salt. Uh, they know that the stuff that keeping that's keeping them in bondage is made up. And Roland says, I don't care about any of that. I think we should give that salt to them because people who do believe in this goddess, who, fall for their, who buy into the willful, willful ignorance, will be able to live. Peaceful lives without violence and without hunger and all that stuff. He basically creates this communist society that is like the, the communist. Uh, the it's not like like Stalin's Russia. Communism, if the uh, income or what's it called resources could actually be evenly distributed, is his is his world. Except for it's on the backs of the non believers and the Roselle who are literally slaves or exiled and forced to, to toil. Meanwhile, your other choices are to follow Benedict, who says, now suddenly no longer the utility guy, he's become the liberty guy. He says, we need to give the salt to the people and we need to ally with Esfrost and Pistedol, <laughs> who is the villain up until this point, uh, to do so. And Frederica, who says, I don't care about any of that stuff. We know now that that the teachings of the goddess are definitely fake and we need to start this the slave uprising and that's where the 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 dividing lines sort of fall but to me the most frustrating part of this is it's really cool to have your party be torn apart i mm. I think it's very interesting it's good writing game of thrones did it all the time with alliances being you know betrayed and and the emotional impact of that and seeing the characters suffer with the decision of knowing what they have to do for their convictions. But the way that they flipped Roland from this, like, liberty-fighting noble guy to a um pro-slavery guy in one second was just awful writing that was so frustrating because yeah. he was the coolest character in the game. Up I, that
0: point. I straight up hated it because I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, what is he about to do? And he goes oh, we should side with Hyzant. I'm like, okay, go on. He's like, well, clearly all the people are free there. And I'm like,
1: what?
0: (laughs) 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 I I was talking with the guys about this before the podcast. There are no fewer than four different characters in your party. And only one of them was Frederica, obviously. So there are four different characters who could tell you straight to his face, Hyzant is evil and they are not as peaceful. And there's only, it's freedom at a cost. It's freedom at loyalty unrelenting you know if you even dare defy the quote goddess's teachings you will you are a heretic you know they could have told him they did tell him that this is the society that they are and yet all of a sudden he goes oh no i don't care and then he literally says and then when frederick calls him out on this and goes but are my pe- what about my people you know they will suffer forever because of this, and he goes that that's a small price to pay for freedom. I'm like, are you freaking high? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, basically, it's a small price to pay. It's, yeah. it's the
2: biggest price
0: to pay. Yeah, so... the, the, the subjugation of an entire people. Like, oh yeah,
1: right, right. So basically, it became the whole like live long enough to become the villain kind of deal
0: in a sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that. I like that. That's goodwill. That's very but good. It's it's cool to have the live long
2: enough to become the villain if you actually like development like harvey dent was developed in the dark knight yeah like he started like you could see his fall and maybe if he picked roland's path in chapter 15 you would have enough information to, to fill in the blanks a little bit more but i still I doubt, doubt it, it. like it, it's it, yeah it's such an evil like if they they could have the game thrived when it it lived in that gray area and i i think that that is the story that they really were trying to tell but for some reason they had to throw these like cliche good versus evil elements in there and this was just so one of them where there is no way a rational like human person living in 2020 in the 21st century could look at roland's path and think yeah that like makes sense they should have at least sprinkled in like roland says i know that they will suffer but i have a plan like we're going to try to change this from the inside. You know, like...
0: That would have worked better. Right, right. And right and that made would more have worked
2: right. And in the end, they could have failed. And yeah. that would have made... Per- then you would have been like, well, they tried to do the right thing, and it didn't work out, but some of the stuff that they did was good. That would have been a compromised ending. Instead, if you... And we'll jump into endings now. If you picked Roland's path, Basically, like, the ending cutscene is everybody... So, you in his path, you go to S. Frost and you kill Gustadalt, and then you kill Savarok, and you create this world. He Roland joins the Saintly Seven with Saranoa, and you basically, like, give yourself to the goddess, and, and the nonsense that you know is a lie. Meanwhile, Frederica leaves your party, because she's not going to stand for her people being slaves. Not to mention, she herself would be in danger of becoming a slave. And the story closes with people in Wolfert territory talking about how great the goddess is and how happy they are that they can eat and how they've heard stories of this Yahoo crazy person who's going around trying to tell people that this goddess is fake and that she shaved her head. She's beautiful and she's developed the following, but she shaved her head and she is like still out there preaching, but they all laugh at her. They throw stones at her to drive her away.
1: Oh, and man. like
2: really dark stuff. And Julia, and her former advisor Is like I'm glad that she's still fighting, but like it's very clear that she's fighting for nothing. You know, it's she's she's not going to be able to change the society. It's such a sad, depressing ending. That's just so. Again, it's just so out of character. And I don't have an issue with sad, depressing endings. I'm fine with that. But they should have. If Benedict is the one who says that, it makes a lot more sense. All of Rowan's arguments fall short for. For a myriad reasons, but it, it 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 just didn't make sense the way that they the way that they
0: structure that one. And to me, that was just the most upsetting ending of all. That ending makes me sick to my stomach. I know, yeah. like legit, and not for the not the for just those reasons, but Frederica shaped her head. Like her hair was one of her not just her defining feature, but like she learned to be proud of it. Like, one what, what of the first co- dialogues you have right, is right, right. she asks Sarah Noah, what, do, what does my hair mean to you? I went the path of morality and went, I think it's beautiful. And I do. Um, I do. But, and then she shaves her head so she can, pre- like, what in the ever-living fork? Like, that's just, yeah. oh, and, and then she becomes the person that they stone. And I'm like, that is heartbreaking. And, and we're supposed to be content with that ending? Oh, like, yeah. It, it, like the
2: final picture is Saranoa and Roland, like, smiling happily at this, like, peaceful world that they've created. And, like, it's a lie. Because, yeah, because, like, the children in the town and in, in the city are happy with their lives. They have food and all that good stuff. And they're like, thank you, goddess, for all these blessings. <sighs> over us. Meanwhile, Roland and Saranoa know that the goddess is fake, but they're just like, this is what they wanted anyway. So it's, it's the game, like, there's a compromise, right? Because the game is giving you this awful morally depraved ending and yet they just sprinkle in that Frederica part they instead they really highlight like the beauty of the world as though it's acceptable and it's just not like if you're going to make it like a morally down ending make it a morally down like it, it, go all the way with it don't don't sugarcoat it and act like this world is beautiful it's it's not like and everybody who's playing knows it's not Saranoa and roland know that it's not like that's so, a key right, part the of the game the false piece of it
1: right yes, so
0: exactly. so, if, so if roland uh was becoming harvey dent wouldn't that ending be the, the beginning of the dark knight rises
2: yeah yeah
0: the, yeah the harvey dent law the harvey dent law that maintained the peace but it was all a lie
2: yes exactly exactly yeah. all
0: right so uh if you want a more dour ending may, may i present to you the Frederica ending because throughout this game I was enamored. I liked Frederica from the start. I thought I thought she was an interesting character, and then the way they developed her and Sarah Noah's relationship was very heartwarming. In her second character story, she's trying to make a meal for Sarah Noah, and he gets delayed at a meeting, so she tries to make it perfect. He rushes to her because he wants to show her the starry night that's outside, and I I took a screenshot of this and put in my review, and they just have this very touching scene of, you know, wanting to be together and all that. And again, this was a forced marriage. They had no knowledge of each other beforehand, but because of how you choose things, they fall for one another legitimately. And I'm like, I w- never want to break these two apart. So Frederica, in her path at the end is i've got to free the roselle and everyone's like well why would you do that you know this is just going to make things worse and she goes you don't understand it's never ending you know we had the salt iron war 30 years ago we now have the knowledge that the goddess is fake there's other salt crystals via the mines that you know kickstarts the war Gustadolf is still gonna fight Asfrost is never gonna lay down graham and shambles you know it, the war is never going to end. We have to break the cycle. And the only way to break the cycle is by upending everything. Let them basically destroy each other and leave this land entirely. They're going to leave Norzelia because of the ancient land of the Roselle, who we find out were not sinners. They were actually the people who tried to give salt to everyone before being enslaved. How ironic. And you you decide look, there's a, there's the a ancient land of Centralia where the Roselle are from. You're going to go find that. And so you break into Hyzant, you steal uh, the Alfric, which you learn is made of the bodies and energies of dead Roselians. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget I see dead people, I'm using dead people. Um, so you kill a bunch of the Saintly Seven, and then you go to the bridge that ties uh, the Rosellia to the lands beyond. And of course, you were uh, stopped by the last of the saintly seven, or one of the last of saintly seven, in Minister Eidor, and you fight him. It's a very hard battle. Like this, this, was the hardest battle for me. I had it took me three tries and a very, very long game approach to make it work. But I did it. Um, but uh, Eidor doesn't die. Instead, you find out that he actually imbued himself with the Alfric, so that he could blow up everybody, so that they can't escape. And so Sarah Noah decides to become a martyr and stop the attack so that the others can get away. And very heroically and very he's, uh when Adore mocks him for becoming a martyr, he goes, you don't get it. Uh, those people who are leaving, they have my heart. They have my beliefs and my convictions. You know, I, I don't expect a person of the false goddess to understand what a family is. That's a burn. That's a burn. And uh, so naturally they both blow up. They die straight up. They don't come back. Uh, in the previous chapter, Frederica gives him, Sarah Noah, the his or her mother's pendant, and she finds it in the river, no, as signaling that he is indeed dead. And as they leave for Centralia, we go to the narrator, who's a very good narrator, by the way, and she notes that after their departure and with the fall of House Wolford, because that was given to Benedict to rescue the people, but I'll get back to him, uh, they... To, they, uh, the war doesn't stop. Ever. Hyzant goes into a bloody civil war. Esfrost uh, tries to conquer, but Zvarog tries to use the remaining remnants of the Glenbrook army and nobles to go and stop him because of what happened to, to Jagan. And it's stated that the the years that follow are one of never-ending conflict of alliances and broken trusts, and that it becomes one of not ideals but just survival. It is known as the era of salt and blood. And then we find out that Benedict actually did go and work with Gustadolf, and he helped orchestrate the death of not just Farag but the rest of the Glenbrook nobles. Okay, also that he could get the Wolford domain back to help the people that he saved and only them. Okay. And then fast forward a few years later, we find out that Frederica did indeed get the Roselle to Centralia. They all live in peace, but she's still mourning the loss of Sarah Noah. So it's like, yeah, you got your people to safety, but you lost the man you love, and the land that was your home is now a burning wreck. Yay! <laughs>
1: Yeah, like you'd want more depressing stories from Square Enix. Yeah, add this one to the list. Yep, yep, and, yeah.
0: And yeah. So what, it, what, what we wanted to mention here was that we didn't know going into this, going to this game, that there was a golden route. We knew that there was multiple paths, but we thought it'd be like Fire Emblem Three Houses. You know, this path can lead to this kind of ending, this path can lead to this kind of ending, this path, yada, yada, yada. The idea of there being a golden route, in our opinion, hurts the game. Because it's saying you have to do things in this specific order to get the ending that you think you deserve. And that defeats the purpose because the whole point was I've got to go where my convictions tell me to. Now you're telling me I have to have these very specific convictions at these very specific times just so I can go and have this very specific ending that you're saying is the true ending. And that all the other endings, we don't even know about the one that happens actually yeah we do. we just we just talked about it. sorry uh so you have the religious lie uh tyler's ending do you want to talk about it really quick
2: yeah yeah i'll i'll, I'll hit it really so in benedict's path you uh decide to ally with s frost roland leaves you because s frost killed his family but then he tells huet there's more to it than that i'm afraid of the idea of liberty this this liberty that saranoa speaks of will only lead to the strong trampling the weak so, you uh, invade Hyzant with S Frosty forces, fire this giant cannon to destroy the goddess's shield that protects the town, and you basically steamroll in there and kill their their Hierophant, who turns out to be a, a uh, an empty puppet animated by magic that uh, e- Minister edor is using. So, the Hierophant, of course, is fake news, not actually. I knew it! Real. I <laughs> knew that was the answer! I knew there
0: was no one behind that curtain. It's yes, just, it was too yes, perfect. It's just a doll,
2: it's an empty doll. Uh, and but you fight the empty doll at the end which is kind of fun, it's a really good final level um, but after you win the war uh, the, uh, the goddess's teachings are, as, are, are exposed as fake the salt mine is given to the people and Saranoa is crowned as king and he basically brings in a capitalist society flaws and all where the merchant class and the traders are getting super rich off of the salt they're they they are constantly finding new salt mines and business is flourishing but the common uh person is suffering like the lower class is suffering right, and, right, poor right. and they can't eat and the uh uh the screen cuts to uh saranoa in the courtroom uh or in the in the uh, throne room talking to uh, benedict and listening to the people and they're basically coming and saying you know this uh Old Town had a murder, a Rosellian citizen killed somebody else. And what do we do about it? And Frederica pleads mercy because of the Rosell's history of being you know, put down. And she's saying, look, look they're forced to do this stuff because people are still prejudiced against them. And Sarah Noah says, sorry, like, the law is the law. We need to execute him. And Benedict is like, yep, that's a great plan. Meanwhile, uh, Roland, who's left your party, is working he's a hooded hooded figure working with the poor, feeding them bread, getting them salt, and you know, doing basically charity work. But he vows at the very end of the game to create a populist rebellion against Serenella. So Roland plans to launch an attack against Glenbrook, uh which and that's that's the end of the story. But I I personally actually really liked the ending because it made sense. It followed it followed everyone's Convictions logically, and it actually gave Roland a nice redemption arc. After he decided he wanted to work for Heisen instead, Roland becomes the people's champion. He defends the Roselle. He defends the people who can't defend themselves. He defends the non-believers, uh, which I, I I was a fan of. Um, yeah. But, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's still sad given that Frederica is heartbroken. That if she stays with you. She doesn't leave. She stays with Saranoa, but she's clearly unhappy with the suffering of the people still and it's clear that the people are still suffering meanwhile saranoa has become a firm like military style not he's not like a dictator he's he's
0: cold equations
2: yes he's cold equations yes which is funny because this is not the utility path this is the liberty path but it's it's a it's a much more it's a capitalist society you know so you, you know what you're you're getting there
0: and, 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 and so when it comes down to it and like, we don't we I, we don't know what the golden ending is that we can all guess um, like why have that why have just one good ending and then three oh you got this at a cost ending like that hurts the game because again it, it's supposed to be at your convictions and letting them guide you but now it's no if you want the best ending you have to have these convictions at this time like why? Yes, you you hit that's a great, it's
2: the exact point, is the whole crux of the game is based around kind of role-playing as Serenoa and thinking, what would I do here? What are my values? And reflecting that in the game. And instead of like walking away feeling like happy with your decision and where your values take you, the game tries to make you feel bad about whichever path you picked. And instead, it says, "Well, here's this golden route where everybody wins and everybody is happy, and you have to follow a certain combination of events. That you need a guide to look up to figure out how to actually get there. Like you would never know which path Mm -hmm. to take. Otherwise, Otherwise, you would think like the golden route would be like a morality path at every step, or like it's it's a a, it's a mechanic that doesn't fit with what the game is trying to do. Again, just to crystallize it and say it one more time, like the game's point." Is your role playing? You're trying to project yourself into this world and, and show where your convictions lead. And then there's this other path that has nothing to do with convictions and nothing to do with decisions. Mm-hmm. It is entirely like, oh, and everybody's happy. The end. It's it's just a a cheap writing mechanic that does not jive with the overall vibe of the game.
1: Like yeah, I'm, I'm kind of definitely consensus with that. Like. Like, looking at, like, uh other games past, like, obviously with JRPG, you either have, like, the quote-unquote bad ending, which you didn't get anything, a normal ending, quote-unquote, and then there's the true ending. So, at least, like, the three basic endings of typical G- typical games, like, with, like, Mass Effect, and so forth. So, I'm thinking, like, why, of, like, with these three morally ambiguous, almost depressing endings, and then that one universal good ending, like... It, it definitely has that wondering of, like, is this what the team is going for? Because you brought it up, Tyler. Like, this is kind of very similar to what they did in the prior games, like with the previous series and, and and other previous titles. Like, I, I'm not sure. Maybe this is kind of, like, what they were purposely going for, even at the cost. Because, again, let's not remember, not forget about uh, Last of Us Part Two. Like, that thing was <laughs> so, Like, yeah, let's not forget <laughs> about that. Yeah. And, like, with this game like it's just like okay i did it but at what cost and like this is like almost to the, it is the producers were saying like oh like okay i'm i'm gr- great that you went for this full-on conviction oh i of three to you scales but no unfortunately there is something that says so are gonna make you feel bad it's just like i'm not sure if this was a purposefully ending or it's a creative like either creative freedom like yeah we're gonna give you this ending but you gotta make you feel bad about it it's just like yeah. Oh jeez, thanks a lot, for making us feel like crap. And like there's okay. only one good ending out of JRPGs is like okay. I fine, but it's your game, I I'm fine, but still it doesn't have to make me feel happy about it. Fine. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad that it, you're definitely something curious about
2: the trends with this developer because it I, I team Asano games, as I discussed on last week's show, like they do have a vibe. You know, they they and this is st- totally within character. In every Bravely Default game, there's twist endings and twists, twist narrative things that they do, and some games are more effective than others. Even in Octopath Traveler, there was like a hidden epilogue that provided more context and right, tied the right, story right. together that only the hardcore player could find. And Bravely, Bravely Default 2 has like three different endings that you could stop at any point and call that the ending, but then there's the one final, final ending at the very end. And in some cases it works really well. The first first bravely default game suffered gameplay-wise because of a narrative twist, but I felt like the narrative itself was still solid. Eh, maybe that's not true. The narrative was kind of flawed. They I think the writers at Team Asano just have they have a hard time concluding games. They have a hard time getting a conclu- conclusion that's fully satisfying both from a gameplay and a writing perspective.
0: Yeah, I just again it wasn't the game was not bad, but it's like, imagine imagine a movie, and you're invested in this movie, and then all of a sudden, at the end, they just pull out the rug from under you. We've all had movies like that. I, I've, I can't think of a few that fit that bill. But, like, that's what I felt like. I was doing everything I can to keep Sarah Noah and Frederica together, and even though I saved her people, I showed I, Sarah Noah, uh, showed her my love and said that I would be there for her forever, and, you know, we will make this happen he even said to her nothing that happens to us will make me regret this path and that actually gives her strength to lead her people i didn't want him to die right
2: that, that's what they want they wanted to say to you like following that path of morality you like would ultimately lead to you sacrificing yourself like conceptually it makes sense like i see what they're going for but it doesn't make it feel any more yeah, full. You know, yeah. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And, and I see what they were trying to do, but I don't think it was fully. It wasn't successful in a meaningful way, yeah. especially considering the Golden Route is like the true ending. So it's yeah. basically just taunting you play the play play again to see what the true ending is Mm -mm -mm -mm. yeah
0: but just remember you have to do these very specific things that we do not outline for you and if you mess up even one (laughs) thing you cannot get you cannot go back and like that's what's right right
1: right, right. i endured
0: i endured because i wanted to at least see what the other endings were but now i'm really mad because and this happened in the discord tyler posted his image of his fin screen. The, the ending. And it's Sarah Noah holding a sword. Very Game of Thrones like on the throne. Benedict has the most wicked smile ever. And uh, Frederica has this. Like grimace on her face. And I never want to see that grimace again. Even though I will because it's on the discord channel. And it's just like I don't want to see her that depressed. And after everything those two have been to. For Sarah Noah to take that path. for On her. And yet she stayed. is just like wow
1: yep like,
0: no i don't want i don't want that for her
1: yeah and i can only imagine like how it is like if they decide to release this game on like the ps4 uh, other systems with achievement like yes you gotta shoot go on these different endings for yeah. it it's like <laughs> i mean definitely that's kind of the thing you like regarding to this game like yeah I- i'm just glad like yeah take out the golden path and that will be it like unless you want to go full-on completions get every single notes and all that then yeah that's unfortunately you gotta go with that Grim endings. Which, I,
0: I promise yeah. you, the only the only route I'm going for now is golden. I am not going to do the other two endings, especially after what i hearing about uh, Roland's ending. I'm like. I will not do that, Frederick I do not want to hear those words about how she shaved her head and you know she's getting stoned. I refuse to hear that for her, and she deserves so much better than that. I'm gonna. I don't know if I'll be able to do it in a week, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna play the game again. <laughs> I'm gonna try and beat it in a week so that I can get the golden path, so I can see her and Serenova be happy because they deserve it. Dang it! <laughs> well, if
1: that's the case, make sure you don't play any of Yoko Taro's games. Then you, you their endings are full depressing Ugh. at times. So just FYI i underscore enix titles
0: all right well again my review of triangle strategy is going to be up at noon on friday so be sure to check that out and of course let us know your thoughts but first sorry but now we got to very quickly get into the news so it's time to go down the war pipe and we'll just pick the the better stories of the week including Tales the vtuber <laughs> question mark i'm burgundy uh, yeah, th- so the I,
2: thing. Had, I normally would take the lead on a Sonic thing, but I only saw in passing that like they're doing a Tails YouTube show where Tails looks like a vtuber That was that was my thing that so I saw. It's like it seems like Tails is delivering Sonic news to fans, yes through this like new sort of Nintendo Direct ish <laughs> <laughs> Tails show.
0: Well, it's it's basically it's the vtuber style. Alright, so it's not like like 2D animation or whatever, like with some of the other things they've done. This is, you know, Tails with the official voice and, you know, he's like in the very VTuber style of, I'm going to have special guests and I'm going to, you know, reveal Sonic news starting next week, so see you soon! It's like, okay!
1: (laughs) Again, this is definitely an interesting trend out late. I mean, as the guy speaking here who knows about VTuber culture, like, it was just really interesting how to see like everyone's adapting this kind of style and like seeing tails in the 2d style i mean granted the animation was it's, it's pretty nice it's, it's a cute style but to see tails and of course even sonic um the japanese sonic on their side being as presented as like characters vtubers and presenting be of corporate or not I, I, I like this it's just like okay it's interesting uh, it's it's definitely interesting trend to say at least, but to see this, I, I don't know. I kind of like it. Kind like it.
0: Yeah, I'm not watching it.
1: <laughs> not. <Nah, do you?
0: laughs> I, I looked at the teaser because I, I actually wrote it up for the site because Keith needed a hand, and I'm like, okay, how cut how could it be? I, I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm sure people will watch it. I mean, it's, it's actually to it's be clear, this is on the official Sonic channel. All
1: yep, right, this is not yep, like
0: yep. a this is not a fan thing or whatever. It's an official thing. So it's going to be starting up next week. So yeah, go check it out if you want. Uh, All right. Another thing is Daddy Sakurai. Woo! At the uh, Kotaku Awards, he revealed that he has been silent for a while, but that he is working on a new game. Uh... (laughs) Oh? Yeah. No, No, he said it might
2: not be game related. He's working on a new project.
0: But really? I—I The translation I read said game, but it could be lost in yeah, translation. I saw a
2: headline that said it, it could—it might not be game-related, but i it, it would have. To, I mean, I don't know. It would be really weird if he was working on something that wasn't game-related.
0: Yeah, well, who was he think he is, Miyamoto? <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, it's just settling in that Kid Icarus, it's been 10... Yeah. Over 10 years uh-huh. since Uprising. Like, the, the Kid Icarus drought from... Uh, I guess, 19... Whatever, 1986? all the like that
1: 2011. way, yeah, yeah,
2: 2011? Yeah. Like, that's a long drought. And we're almost halfway to that same drought again. Like, I just really want him to work on a Kid Icarus game, because Uprising yeah. is awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I literally wrote a work script today about the, the 10 franchises that need to be brought back to Switch in a meaningful way. And number two was Kid Icarus. Cause mm. like, number mm. one was F-Zero, obviously. But... <laughs> Uh but yeah, I, I would I really think it I think we have a stronger chance of getting Kid Icarus than some people realize just because Sakurai made it clear that if if there is another Smash Brothers game, it cannot be the size of Ultimate. Again, right, 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 right. It, it drained him, it took a lot out of him, even with especially with the DLC. Um so I think for him it's it's almost gonna be a kind of a catharsis to work on anything other than Super Smash Brothers. And I we agree. know we know his team loves Kid Icarus. They were the ones who did Uprising Project Sora. Why not go back to that? Why not give mm-hmm. us the Kid Icarus game that Uprising could have been if it was on you know a, a console instead of the 3DS? So
1: mm-hmm. I'm yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. I, I'm pretty much swelled Like because I, we're going to come all after of uh, Kirby Lost 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 Frontier Lost Lands, and forgotten yeah, Land. it' forgotten, that. Thank you, forgotten. Thank you, thank you, and. Yeah, for them to go back to old IPs like with Kit Icarus, or heck, even something new, completely new from the team, is just like, yeah! Like, yeah! Smash is done! Let it be! We, it's not going to get any more for Apex than that! So, yeah, just go back to something that that's, Sakurai is more comfortable, and just as a, as a passion project again. Let him do his yeah. passion project.
0: Yeah, let him have some fun. So, I, I don't know if it will be Kit Icarus, Tyler, but we could have hope. We have
2: to have <laughs> Yeah. Whatever Sakurai does, it will be great.
0: Wait a minute, what if he had to ask the scales of conviction what he was gonna do next? Wow. Oh no. <laughs> Alright. Uh moving on, we have some NPD data. Yes, Nintendo Switch dominated in February. Surprising new one. Because actually I'll take that back. It was a little surprising because uh PS5 had Horizon Forbidden West, and then of course there was this little game called Elden Ring. You might have heard of that. Um, sold twelve million copies in a month. Uh, I heard mis- I heard misgivings about how well it did in Japan, but that's another story. Anyway, but the Switch was number one in hardware sales and unit uh unit amount sales, you know, like dollars. And then apparently it is the best selling console of twenty twenty two. So I- I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Uh, I will let you take this next one. Monster Hunter got its uh uh sunbreak. Yes, uh, uh,
1: yes, Capcom has presented their newest uh Banfon to present, which is uh highlighting of the Sunbreak expansion. And if you have checked out the, the presentation, basically it showed off the new details regarding to the new uh ex- expansive expansion pack, which they really try to emphasize on that. And basically, like after the event of Komodo Verse, the main game, uh, you go to this new land. So basically, you go into Europe and basically, you will face off these new monsters. which if, if you can easily tell, it's basically very Halloween theme. Uh I'm just going up, I'll open up the list right now, and basically the monsters: the Malzino, a vampire, the Galgoram, the Frankenstein, and the uh, last one is the werewolf, the Lunogaron, Is basically yeah the three lords. So you will be taking on those three um, major, the supposed the monsters of Monster Hunter Sun Sunbreak, uh, as well as a new the returning monster of uh, a stalk. Yeah, Starlos, which is uh, uh, originally a 3D... uh, Yeah, I think it was the the 3DS game, if I'm correctly. So yeah, Starlos is coming back to Thunder Dragon so but basically there's a lot of things happening of course new characters n- new wire bugs new expansions just like a whole lot of content and last i checked on the website right now it is costing about 40 bucks but of course there's actually the um, e- expansion uh dlc if you pre-order right now you'll always get some cosmetic uh layered armor sets as well as uh, I believe, a few more um, details. Uh, I don't know. But there is uh, there's a whole lot of product details. And, of course, naturally, there is uh, Monster Hunter amiibos to celebrate with Sunbreak. So, yeah, there's the Polycode, um, the, the Palimute, as well as the um, Malzino with the poster monster for the game. So, basically, a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of details. So And this package is going to be coming up in the summer, as they, record, as they said. So, basically, if you're a Monster Hunter fan, there's a lot of stuff to dig in. So, and we're going to most likely get more more detail this coming e 3 before it's released. So, basically, if you're a Monster Hunter fan, there, there's a lot of good stuff to see in this thing. So, hi, hi, very good time to be a Monster Hunter fan.
0: And then there is Mario Kart, because the first wave of the uh, Booster Course Pass is coming out. It's already out for most of the world, but for us in the U.S., we actually have to wait a little bit. But you should be able to have hey. access to it by the time you're listening to this, so... It is, it, is, it is odd, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> like, why? I, I don't I don't know, but uh, the eight courses were revealed. They appeared to be rather good. I mean... So yes, it's...
2: that's a huge thing. I want to just say, because when this was announced, there was a lot of hand-wringing about how the courses looked, and you guys know me, I love hand-wringing about how things look. And <laughs> I kind of agreed. I was a little worried that the... Uh, Courses from tour were going to look just like it. Like they didn't belong in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Visually, the styles looked so different and the colors looked so washed out. Uh, but since the reveal, from the reveal to now, they've spruced the courses up. They look very good. Not as good as the standard courses, but graphically, they're very impressive and they look like a ton of fun.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and again, you can buy the uh, Booster Course Pass all at once, and then you'll get the new courses over time in the, in the six waves. Sorry, eight waves. No. Six waves. Right, six waves. Or if you have the Nintendo Switch ex- Online Expansion Pack, you'll get it additionally for free. So, that's where Tyler's getting it, aren't you, Tyler? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh-huh. <sighs> Trader. And then finally, <laughs> something for Tyler, again. We started with Tails, now let's talk Sonic. Because the final trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out.
2: And it looked awesome. Uh, I've never been more confident that a movie is going to be great. It picks up right where the last one left off. Sonic and... I actually forget what the police officer's name (laughs) is. James Marston's character.
0: Why did I not
2: remember his character?
0: I don't know. Why can't you, Tyler?
2: Because he's not that interesting in Sonic. Anyway.
0: But you love Sonic. Shouldn't you know all his supporting characters?
2: I really should. I'm scrambling to think of it now, and I still can't think of it. It's just James Marston to me. But Tika Sumter and James Marston are getting married, and Sonic like, is getting chased by Eggman's robots and uh, cast a warp into the wedding, totally crashes it, floods it with snow. It's a very charming trailer, but they really are highlighting the Sonic versus Knuckles part Mm -hmm, of this. mm -hmm. And that, to me, is just a slam-dunk sign that this movie is going to be awesome to Sonic fans, because my only complaint about the previous movie was that it didn't... the, The human characters, clearly, were not super interesting compared to sonic himself and uh, the human characters are still here jim carrey's gonna be great just like he was in the first movie but they're definitely bringing that focus to the sonic world to the world that sonic fans are more familiar with and i i have huge huge hype for this the master emerald plot is going to be in this it's a lot of stuff that sonic fans are familiar with and we're seeing it brought to life in this beautiful way the way that knuckles looks His design Mm, is mm, awesome. He has such like you, you really feel his strength through the through the in the trailers. Like when he hits the ground and it quakes. You really feel that like impact of knuckles punching the ground. And I just I'm excited to see how they animate it and continue to use like the sound design and, and just, the whole thing i'm excited to see how they they bring it all together but they, the trailer was excellent so go watch it if you haven't seen
1: it <laughs> yeah like I, even I'm not the sonic fan but even, just how much they just have so much fan service in this trailer like of course one obviously with the ringtone of a uh, sonic uh, sonic ringtone as well as like the po- the poster straight straight tribute to uh, Sonic uh, Sonic 2 which is just like yeah like Hollywood this is what you're supposed to be doing like we don't want any, like a separate story just cater to the fans who know about the material and you'll be you can be breaking in millions isn't
0: that hard yes apparently <laughs> again I have a Street Fighter movie idea that is accurate to the games. It it's tailored a little bit to a movie setting because obviously you don't have you know a lot of time but I told it to two of our guys here on the Discord, and they were like, "That's actually a good idea." I'm like, "I know, it's not that hard. <laughs> it took me all of five minutes to think of it." The biggest, the biggest divergence I had, and I, guess because I didn't know the lore as much as I did, was I had Ken and uh, Cami White as a couple, and because I didn't realize that Ken had a wife, yeah. and uh, I didn't know about Guile's sister. Uh, who you know married Ken and whatever, but you know I can change that. It's a movie. These these it's called a rewrite, people. But like that's the biggest difference I had. Like everything else is about the tournament and Bison and Akuma's looming. Like that's the whole point. That's Street Fighter. So
1: <laughs> so yeah, Hollywood, take take notes. Take notes. You, don't you go for the whole Netflix live adaptation? Let's not forget about Cowboy Bebop. <laughs>
0: oh, gosh, uh, and, and, and Attack on Titan and Bleach and Death Note. Don't forget Death Note. All right. uh, So now uh, we got some time. So in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day, in this perfectly accurate Irish accent that I totally did not just pull out of my hat, this very green hat that I'm wearing, we decided to have a hypothetical situation, if you will. What if we had found the end of the rainbow, and at that end of the rainbow was a golden treasure, but it was not golden coins, no no, nor was it golden bars, it was a golden treasure of Nintendo. So if we had the luck of the Irish and we could get something from Nintendo, what would be at our end of the rainbow, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to stop this accent because it's already hurting my throat. (laughs) But I tried. I tried. That's why I'm the host. So, Tyler, if you could find your golden treasure at the end of the Nintendo rainbow, what would it be?
2: Well... There's so many like small scale things that I want, but for me this golden treasure is going a little wider scope. I wanna see
0: I do wanna say one thing. I do want to say one thing. Just to be clear to our audience, because this is obviously something we've never done before. It does not have to be a game release. It could be anything Nintendo related on any scale that's appropriate for this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> i gotta i gotta i gotta got have the net i gotta have the net i was gonna say you've been warned Will. I, you've been <laughs> warned you've uh, been warned my
2: my wish is that nintendo hack undergoes some corporate identity change to where they're more willing to take risks with their ip I like it, that. it goes back to the the paper mario discussion that we've had but even beyond that i i look at what nintendo's done with me- copywriting music on YouTube and stopping people ah, to listen okay, to their okay, favorite okay. Nintendo songs. Nintendo's lack of support for Super Smash Bros. tournament events. They pulled out of Evo uh, this year. They're not going to be sponsoring it at all. And I know the Smash Bros. community is very responsible for that in a lot of ways, but I would love to see Nintendo take more chances with their brands. So the Pokemon company is, is I know they're not Nintendo, but they're partly owned by Nintendo, is starting to trend in that direction. So I think the signs are, are positive that we might be seeing this shift as younger developers come in with new ideas for what nintendo can be but i want to see more chances in their games as much as we were upset about triangle strategies narrative hiccups one thing i admire about that game is how ambitious it was it it had a big goal and even if it fell a little bit short of that goal i respect that it had that big goal and i wish nintendo would take more big swings like that
0: i agree with that
1: yeah that, that's good yeah. ideas yeah yeah i agree i would I definitely agree with those parts like yeah just, like nintendo has been a little bit as we always preach on many times over like they take uh like two steps forward and three steps back it's just like yeah how about be a bit more definitely for that consumer friendly like company that we always knew back in the 90s like you were doing so well like what's with this new trend especially like this whole again we Like, that whole slightly treading of, like, NFTs and all that, but thankfully you backtracked on that, so please, like, can you be a bit more consumer-friendly? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not to mention, and this goes back to that script I was telling you about, there are so many franchises that they're not touching right now because they're afraid of the risk, or they're trying to change the identity of ones like Paper Mario because, oh, surely, you know, gamers won't buy the Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario series because they're both RPGs. I'm like, have you seen Square Enix? Do you see how many various Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and Star Ocean and, uh, I'm missing one, uh, Bravely Defaults and all of them? They have so many RPGs and yet we don't care because usually they're quality. That's the whole point. As long as it's quality, we'll buy it. And, and the Mario and Luigi's Saga is a great example of it. First game? Great. Second game? Eh. Bowser's Inside Story? Legendary. Everything after that? Not so much. Like, quality speaks volumes that's the yeah. thing i will say marion luigi
2: dream team is awesome underrated game but after that i agree I yeah won,
0: like paper, jam. It. Yeah, uh, paper yeah, jam yeah, was, you know, yeah. It was very weak very yeah, weak. very weak so no i i like that that i find your your uh pick very ambitious tyler so allow me to add to that because i'm gonna go a bit personal because if my my end my golden nintendo treasure at the end of the rainbow is dlc content for oh. triangle strategy where frederick and Serenoa actually get to be together in a oh, way that's not the golden route no <laughs> 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 no uh no my my golden at the end of the rainbow is a dream that i've, I've talked about a long time on the podcast and that's uh, i would love to work for nintendo and so call it a golden ticket call it a golden interview whatever i would love to work at nintendo as a writer our game designer for one of their titles. And uh, I know that I would not get to the position that I want to be in right away. And that's fine. I'm more than happy to work the ladder, but I want to be put in a position eventually where I can make these games with Nintendo and for Nintendo. And because there are things that I feel I could bring, like I have a story that I feel would work well in fire emblem that I would love to see. Um, or if you want to take, like, going back to Tyler's thing about taking risks, there's this RPG franchise that I've had in my mind since college, and I've have, I have have I the story developed, it would be a threequel like Mass Effect, I'm sorry, like Mass Effect should have been, <laughs> looking at you, EA, uh, not Bioware, they're not to blame for that, um, they kind of are, anyway, like, I have that idea, it's all fleshed out, it's a mixture of, like, Mass Effect and Star Ocean and a whole bunch of other great rpgs that i love it's my love letter to rpgs as a whole and i would i still want to make it i still have the art for it on my usb drive that i've had since college and i would love to go to nintendo work my way up to where i can pitch that and say hey i'd love to work on this game i think it'd be a really good hit for nintendo it'd be something special just for us and then like hey todd do you know do you want to work another franchise yeah how about fire emblem or hey, how about I work on another? Uh, I work with Pokemon Company on another Pokemon Legends game, so I could do my Kalos War idea or something to that effect. Because I have a lot of dreams, ladies and gentlemen. I can proudly say that I have done some of them, but the one that I still dream about is that of Nintendo, which is why I love doing this podcast because I get to show my love of Nintendo. And it would truly be a pot of gold moment if I was to be able to say that I am Todd Black and I work at Nintendo. So that would be my pot of gold. Mm. that's an
2: excellent one yes thank man. you i i feel there probably isn't a more satisfying job than you know working at your the the company that you loved the most growing up it's like i used to want to be a paleontologist when i was in first grade and <laughs> if i actually did that <laughs> that would be like you working at nintendo like that's that's a great that's a good one
1: <laughs> Funny enough, as well, I actually did share that same love for dinosaurs, as well, in paleontology myself back in my, growing, my youth. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of re- resonate with that as well. Just like the fact that, yeah, like being in the house of Nintendo would be just, yeah, like as a childhood dream. It would be something. So, but I, I was about to say, like again, let's not also forget like the people who left Nintendo, like with Kit of you know, the um, Nintendo Minute uh, cast, Kit and Cat. Uh, they just left it. But uh, again, working Nintendo was just like that once in a lifetime opportunity that anyone would definitely take. Take it if, if they were fans. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Well, how about you? Oh
1: uh, man, like the dream pot goal that I would see one from Nintendo is uh, personally for me, like the one crazy idea I have that will make me just lose my mind with Nintendo is like one if they decide to, like, really go hand-in-hand with Sony, uh, Sony, once again, like, hear me out. Like, I know, like, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, they've always been that whole, that three, the big three of the gaming industry. And they're always going at each other, those here and there. But th- it, there's this one idea that just wants me to, like, say, please let the be of as, like, Nintendo and Sony come back together once more and, like, make that, like, 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 with um, uh, Mario and the Legend of the Seven Stars, but, like, bring it here on Switch. Like, really remake it. Like, I, I could only imagine, like, if, if they decide to bring back Legend of the Seven Stars once again, like, with this new graphics, new, new, like, with the technology they have currently right now, I would just lose my mind. Like, because Legend of the Seven Stars was the RPG. Like, again, we faced the q We faced it, like, even Final Fantasy Boss. Like, heck, I would not... not I would lose my mind if they actually had an, an official crossover, aside from Smash Brothers, of Mario meeting I don't know, like Cloud or any of the of the Final Fantasy characters whatsoever. Like make a full fledged, like Nintendo cross Sony game, like fully, like the the, the best thing. The best thing I can probably mention is indeed like remake a Legend of the Seven Stars. That's probably my greatest idea out there right now. Like I don't know, like. Just bring us something like that of that grand scale, or if not that, I, I would like to see them like really collaborate again. But this time, I think many people will also agree with is bring back Chrono Trigger to this golden age. I mean, yes, we have Chrono Cross right now, bringing back with the whole slight HD upscale and all of that. But everybody was want want a Chrono Trigger come back to the to the modern age. But then again, it is perfection. Because again, you have the dream team, uh, Sakaguchi, uh, Akira Toyama, Yoshida Mitsuda, like basically the almighty dream team who made Chrono Trigger. So, how you make, be uh, improve upon perfection? And I don't know, I just feel like there is definitely a chance that then if they can bring back the A team once again and make a Chrono Trigger remake, is just like that would be something. So, I, I know I'm speaking very vague and I apologize for that, but it's just. I would love to see like Nintendo and Sony collaborates if they were if it were on good times once more is make something like a Nintendo cross Sony RPG project that
0: would that yeah would that's be a
2: great better. one I like that I mean uh, you know it's a pot of gold it's not likely to happen but I, I, I like <laughs> thanks it a lot. I, thanks
0: Tyler it's not it's not likely to happen thanks Tyler it's not it's <laughs> not but none of them are oh that's bold control over yours
2: that's true it's how many people work at Nintendo not that I don't think you can do it you can but the <laughs> it, it's it's a difficult you know difficult right strategy. right anyway it, right, right, right. the the idea of Nintendo I would love to see what Nintendo would look like if they had integrated some with Sony like that if if Nintendo was able to you know afford to put out a switch that's just as strong as a ps5 oh and, man right, and right, put right. it at a reasonable price like that would be a crazy dream to me would be to have that mobile system but uh, and I I do think a partnership with Sony or Microsoft could, could lead to something like that so uh, I'm just glad that you didn't say, I hope that Nintendo buys Sega and then releases kinds <laughs> of Arcadia.
1: I was about to say, it. if I said that again, I, pre- I beat the dead horse way too much. That, or of course, even bring Persona to Switch. But again, the fans have been complaining many times over, myself included. So yeah. I'm not going to go for the low hanging fruit this time around. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, you want to talk about things that won't happen? Persona 5 on Switch. There you go. <laughs> You never, you, know, know. you never know. You never know. It would have happened by now, Will. It would have happened I, by now. Enough,
1: at the time of this recording, we do have uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax on Switch right now, so that's kind of the funny thing. So you never know. You never know.
0: All right, and with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Radio Top Entertainment Podcast. I don't think we had anything last week. Yes, we? last
2: week we asked you. Sorry, I heard you, but it, I didn't actually hear you.
0: Uh-huh. Um,.
2: We did we ask you anything? I think we actually took last week off for real.
0: Yeah, we were on break. That that I I think we
2: actually
0: took last. Yeah, okay. Off. And you know what? Fine. Let's let's take this week off too. Uh, yeah. But do let us know if you have been playing uh, Triangle Strategy, what you've thought about it, uh, what path have you taken or forced to take, and uh, what what has been your team? We didn't talk about that a lot, but like, who are our favorite team members? What are we can talk about the next week before we talk like Kirby. Oh, for such, sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, let us know about that. Of course, what do you think about the Tales of the VTuber new... I still can't believe we have to say that. Uh, what do you hope Monster Hero Sacrifice new game is? Are you going to be getting the Monster Hunter DLC when it comes out? Or how about the Mario Kart 8 tracks? Are you going to be playing that? I know Tyler is! I know Tyler is. Uh, and are you excited for Sonic 2 movie? I know Tyler is. So for... Tell you, Tyler. No, are well. I am Triforce. Tyler, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We've made it to the end of the level. So raise the flag you <laughs>